In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Chloe Thomas about choosing where to focus your time and attention. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 158. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow the e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Pulesky, and I'm here today with Chloe Thomas. Chloe is an author and the host of the e-commerce master plan podcast, where they provide online training advice and information for growing e-commerce businesses. On the show, me and Chloe go really deep into the topic of mindset and specifically choosing where to focus your time and attention and how to focus that attention. I think this is super helpful for anyone. And this is a big topic that I think is often overlooked. And it's really one of those things. If you get this right, it doesn't just have um, linear effects, but it also kind of multiplies and it it can really move the needle. So super interesting interview. There's a bunch of book recommendations that I definitely think you should check out. And I'll drop those all in the show notes. So let's get right into the interview. So hey, Chloe, how are you doing today? I'm good, Charles. It's, uh, it's great to be here getting to talk to you about all things e-com. Yeah, I love having also another podcaster on the show. Um, you are the ho- you're an author, right? But also the host of the e-commerce master plan. I am, yeah, yeah, host of the e-commerce master plan podcast, which is uh, where I interview retailers, and of the Keep Optimizing podcast, where we focus on a different marketing method each month, it's with uh, mainly supplier side guests and experts. So, so yeah, oh, podcasting cool. seems to take up a huge amount of my time these days. <laughs> yep, nice. I like it. Well, <clears throat> kind of, we were talking earlier before the show. Um, ideas and mention kind of the whole going into the mindset and every once in a while i love talking to someone about this um exact topic just on i feel like it's it's like a force multiplier right like you can talk mm-hmm. all you want about like facebook ads and like that works but like if you want to make any sort of large shift it always comes to changing just like a complete mindset change a direction change and the easiest way to do that is changing your mindset about what direction you should be moving um do you agree or yeah, I think it, it's, I mean, I've been been helping people solve their marketing problems in e-commerce and their e-commerce problems in general for about 15, 16, 17 years now. And there's kind of two questions that everything I ever get asked get boils down to. And one is, Chloe, what should I be doing? And the other one is, Chloe, is what I'm doing what I should be doing? Because I think it, it's, there's so much we could be doing success comes from focusing in on the right things and unless you've got your head in the right space you know you know what you're trying to achieve in your life for your business you know what your strengths are your weaknesses are and you got your head in the right place unless you've got all those things in place you can't make good decisions about what you should be focusing your time and effort on and it's it's very easy to spend you know and i i fall in this trap about once every couple of years and have to you know kind of hit myself around the head and go god you're doing it again which is to think that busy means successful and they are two completely different things. They're not even on the same scale. How busy you are has got nothing to do with how successful you are. But it often often we think as long as we're filling our time with something, we're doing okay. So I think mindset, it's kind of like the, the bedrock on which we build everything else. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think we kind of grow up in school and kind of learning on like, you know, people do well, the kids that are sitting there like with their flashcards before the test and they're like staying up all night and you go to college and it's like the same thing. And, and you kind of realize when you kind of get into the field that 
if you if you're just sprinting as fast as you can and then some unbelievable opportunity comes along you're already going full throttle yeah and you don't have any way to like scale up to that thing um so yeah. it's always like you need to leave some slack yeah you've got to you've got to make space for good stuff to happen as well yes. you know i'm i'm very much not in the camp of um fill every waking moment with something you know, I'm very much not in the camp of you should be working seven days a week to make a business successful. You've got to have that downtime to let the unconscious have time to kind of work its way through things. And and I've often found that, you know, forcing myself to make space, you know, saying you will finish at this time every night, you will not work weekends, has often created the situation which, which has brought me the greatest success in all aspects of life and business. Because I find it very hard to say no to things. And by focusing in on, right, you have, you can only do X number of hours a week. It's like, well, I've got to say no to some things. And it really focuses the mind on making better decisions around that too. This week's episode is sponsored by Pricing. Pricing is a competitor price tracking and repricing tool that helps e-commerce companies make intelligent pricing decisions. Using their dashboard and daily Excel reports, online sellers can monitor price changes and immediately make pricing adjustments. Here are some features that I love about PriceSync. First is Smart Match. What Smart Match does is allows PriceSync to search for your competitors and attach their prices right on your dashboard so you can monitor their pricing changes against competitors you already know about. They find competitors you didn't even know existed. Once you have that, you can configure your repricing rules. What this does is you can now set your prices to be based on the average price, the lowest price, the highest price of your competitors, go up and down. And also you can say, don't go lower than my cost by plus $5. Whatever you wanna do, you can set these rules and PriceSync will automatically adjust your prices. Next is price change notifications. You can set rules to when prices change, PriceSync will send you a notification alerting you of your competitors' pricing changes. Last but not least, is a price history. You can then go in to the dashboard and look up all the pricing changes over time that pricing has been monitoring. That way you know, just because it's lower today, they might just be having a sale and it might come back tomorrow. You can see all your competitors on one chart. Super cool, I urge you to check it out. Thanks again for pricing, for sponsoring this week's episode. Now back to the show. We are talking before the show, and I sent you a tweet, actually. It's something I had kind of in my little Twitter drafts for a while. And I was then we were talking before the show, I was like, you know what? I'm going to actually publish this today. Um, I'm kind of just reading it. Uh, two, of the most two of the most important yet difficult things for a founder to do are choosing the correct things to focus your time and attention on, and two, focusing on that thing. How do you kind of feel about mm -hmm. that? Oh, oh, totally. We, I think it's, it's kind of worse in the e-com space to to be able to work out what to do and then to focus on it. And if I focus on the, the if I focus on the focusing part here, um, there are we are surrounded by an industry that likes to create content and distraction. You know, it's especially when we're in this world of pandemic, everyone's creating online content. There's not the offline events anymore. It's all the webinar on this, and you must know about that. And of course, marketers um, are trying to get you to read their blog, to attend their, their uh, webinar, to watch their video, to listen to their podcast, because it is crucial for you to listen to. But you have to see it all through this, this kind of filter of what's relevant to me. 
And it's so easy to get sucked into this is very cool. That's very cool. Um, I think I said said to you, you know, beforehand last night I was chairing a conference that a friend of mine runs, and it was on a new platform that I hadn't used before called um, I can't remember the name of it now. And it was it was like super cool new platform where you can put banners it, in and all this, this cool. Oh, it was cool. Clubhouse. Was that? No, no, this wasn't Clubhouse. This oh, was okay. uh, it was a streaming service, and we were doing like a like a virtual summit, a live virtual oh. summit. Okay. And it was it was just such a cool platform that I got so totally distracted by it. I was almost, <laughs> you know, during sessions writing plans of how I'm going to run loads of events. It's like events is not in your plan for 2021, <laughs> Chloe. You spent ages working on this plan and one cool piece of software, which you're going to get to use every month as part of this conference series that someone else is running. You You've just completely ignored your plan for the year and just got excited about a whole other strategy which doesn't fit with any of the aims or objectives it was just a cool piece of software so i say that because just to show how easy it is you know and and you have to create that filter based on what you're good at what's right for your business where you're trying to get to and then you can kind of filter through what you should be buying what you should be using what you should be paying attention to and that will help you stay on track but you can't focus unless you know what you're supposed to be doing so actually that's the first part how do you know what you should be doing then so you said you sat down and came up with a plan yes. even doing that i feel like you go to so you go to these online summits and there's someone up there saying like content blogging and you're like great i'll definitely do a lot of blogging they're like facebook ads you're like i'll definitely do that too tiktok like video <laughs> on youtube yeah tiktok and you're like obviously i'm gonna do check and like clubhouse and like gotta do some of that and then by the end you're like all right i'm gonna do none of these like this is insane um so like how do you and the thing is each one of those folks that kind of went up on stage and um a virtual stage right now and said like this worked for my business it was great it did that's the thing but how do you know okay which one of those should I be doing? Like, I, you can't do all of them. So how do you know where to focus your time? And should you even be focusing on that sort of growth, like marketing side, or should be doubling down and saying, can we smooth our customer service out, you know, smooth our logistics side? Like, because there's so many other places internally that maybe you're paying all this money to kind of bring leads in, but how do you even know, you know, maybe they're not, they're not converting. They're not, we could be upselling them better. We should be doubling down after the checkout. Like, yeah. how do you know that part of it? Well, like, Back in the day, I used to one-on-one -on -one help people to work out what they should be doing, you know? And what I've spent kind of like the last maybe six, seven years is trying to turn what I used to do one-on-one -on -one pe for people into some models and systems that businesses can use themselves, business owners can use themselves, marketers can use themselves in order to connect the dots, in order to make those decisions. And then, you know, I've tried to design them to keep pe people on track. And I guess I don't think there's kind of if we go go through three of them, I think this will this will help everyone out there. So the first one is think in quarters. So think three months at a time and focus on something, whatever it is you're doing, for a full three months. Because one of the one of the stupidest things we do as human beings is we go, right, I'll spend Monday working on that and do a little bit. And then I'll spend Tuesday working on this and I'll do a little bit on that. So maybe you, you spend Monday and you write half a blog post. Tuesday, you set up some Facebook ads, but not as far as you can put them live. Then Wednesday, you, you got obsessed by TikToks. You spend the day trying to work out how to record a TikTok video. Thursday, you then go, oh my God, uh, we need a new courier. And then Friday, you, I don't know, 
implode or something and and <laughs> nothing's finished everything's half done and you've not really immersed yourself in properly learning it because all these marketing channels we're talking about if you want to do them well you've got to test and optimize and test and optimize and learn and test and optimize and it it takes time to learn it and if you're trying to learn three at once it's, you know you're doomed to failure so my first thing is to think in quarters and across a quarter, think about maybe three things you're going to focus on. That's what I try to do. I try to focus on three things. And that might be this quarter, you're going to master Facebook ads and you're going to sort out your pick, pack and dispatch process. So as you can get some time back from that. And then the third part is that you're going to I don't know, something else, you know, find a new product range or expand the business or something, you know, so you, so try and limit it to three. And those are the big things you're going to focus on for the quarter. Then you can master them. And whilst you're working on those, still okay to get inspired with cool things and cool ideas, but have a list of stuff you're not doing this quarter. I do mine in a Google spreadsheet. You might do yours in a notebook, um, an Evernote, a Google doc, a Word doc, doesn't matter. Um, you know, it could be a list on your phone, but keep a list of cool things that you might do in the future. And then when you get to the end of the quarter, you can kind of bring that back and go, brilliant. I've got a big list of ideas. Which one am I excited by? Which one do I think is going to make the difference? So that's kind of, that's, that's the first model. Um, Charles, are you okay if I go into the second model? Yeah. It, it also just reminds me the place, the book Traction. Um, yes. I'm guessing you've read that. Yeah. That makes me, and I've mentioned this before in the show and it's, it feels like, Every time someone talks about this, like planning traction is like this, like thread very, I always see these common things that run through that book and what people, uh, successful plans basically on break stuff into quarters. And I'll link to that. And if people haven't read it, they have a whole framework around this. And I think it's fantastic. Um, the it's amazing. Book. All right. Okay. This is the but, book on getting focused in quarters. It's the called 12 the 12 week, week yeah the 12 week year and it's by Moran and Lennington and they're taking lessons from the big sports um, companies and those of you on the video you can see I've even got tabs in this this is how many times I refer to this book genius book for focusing on quarters um, yeah talking of books my second one my second piece of advice for your listeners is in this book which is one, my most recent book, uh, been a bestseller in the UK for the last 12 months, and it's called E-commerce Marketing, How to Get Traffic That Buys to Your Website. It's a, I like to think it's a little bit like the traction for e-commerce, but coming at it from a very different angle in that I've got chapters on different marketing methods. Um, but traction is such an amazing book. I'm not sure one can ever live up to it. Um, <laughs> anyway, before I, I convince you well, not to read my book, uh, I'm just <laughs> flicking through to find the model I want to tell you all about, because this I think is is crucial for the world of e-commerce, and it's is a model I call my customer master plan model, and I'll talk it through for those of you who are listening. So it's it's e-commerce drilled down into six circles and a number of arrows. Okay, so if you imagine left to right going across your screen, you've got six circles left to right. We've got the world visitors, inquirers, first time buyers, repeat buyers, and regular buyers. None of those phrases should be a surprise to anyone listening in the world of e-commerce. And these circles are the customer relationship level. So all the people in the world fit into one of these circles for um, your, your business and their relationship with you. And where we focus as e-commerce people is we focus on moving people between the customer relationship levels. 
So when you're thinking about those quarters, work out where are you weakest? Are you weakest in getting people from the world to visit your website? Are you weakest in getting their email address once they get there? Are you weakest in turning them into a buyer? Are you weakest in turning them into a repeat buyer, into a regular buyer? Where's your weakness or where's there the great opportunity? And then focus on that stage and fixing it for the full quarter. And that could pull in marketing ideas, website improvements, UX improvements, customer service improvements, packaging improvements, whatever you need to do. And if you focus on one for a whole quarter, you'll make such a big improvement. Yeah, I like the idea of doing that because you can always you kind of have to TikTok back and forth. There's going to yeah. be some point where you're like, we just don't have enough traffic. Okay, mm. we need more traffic. Like, we just need to figure this out. And then at some point you get enough traffic and then you're like, but why aren't they checking out? Okay, we need to figure that out. And it, there'd be if, if you're successful, it gets to a point where they're like, okay, the fulfillment, the logistics is just like crushing us or the support after the fact is just, it's beating us up. So mm -hmm. you need to almost like, it's just like pendulum back and forth. And then at some point, okay, I get that. I get after the checkout, figure it out, it's nil down. And you're like, let's have more traffic. And you kind of have to swing back to that direction. And as soon as you do that, you're going to break something else. And you're yeah. just in this constant breaking, fixing, and coming back and breaking again. And it's a it's bit, a process. It's a bit like playing whack-a-mole. But I guess yeah. what, what I try to do is to, is to make the whack-a-mole focus be on a slightly larger area and encompass a longer time span than every day whacking another mole because I think otherwise you you never get out of that cycle of prop you know of urgent problems you want to get into improvements rather than fixing errors I suppose and I think focusing over a longer time period and in one of those key stages between the customer relationship levels really is a good is a good way to go about getting out of just the firefighting scenario yeah, every day I try to remind myself to, you know, spend some time focusing on the focus on the important over the urgent, because mm. um, the urgent is always going to be there. And you, you know, open up your email, and there's you'll find some someone has something urgent they're going to send to you. And sure, I could definitely be doing that, but the important stuff that's the stuff no one's going to be coming to you going like you need to do this today. Yeah, that's up to you to sit down and say, and sit back and kind of you know push back a little bit away from the desk and say what's important right now. And not just let's open the email and let's figure out the next, let's like, let's, you know, slam a coffee back and let go, go, go. Yeah. It, it's um, like we, I was saying earlier about how you can get, um, you can get obsessed by being busy in order to feel like you're achieving yeah. something. The it other, feels good. It, feel, it feels great. It's addictive. Yeah. It's like some days I've, I find myself almost like flicking through LinkedIn, two email inboxes and Twitter almost waiting for yeah. something to happen so I can feel like I've achieved something. And it's like it's those days I'm like, yeah, I need to finish on time tonight because I've reached yeah. a point I'm just scrolling through looking for something to respond to to make myself feel like I've achieved something. And that's that's a sign you need some time out, everybody. <laughs> it makes me feel like I'm a, uh, a dopamine junkie where I'm just mm. waiting for that next hit of like some something on Twitter, pop, something popping up and I'm like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm like, going to get that little rush and like, yeah. Someone totally irrelevant, please try and get on my podcast so as I can reply to you. <laughs> you know, like that's how I yeah. like, really need a, yeah. need a break now. <laughs> yes, 100% agree. So, yeah, I like the idea of breaking it up into quarters and kind of looking – and that kind of gives you a longer and less whack-a-mole. So at least yeah, at least that you can sit back. And there are certain things that you can't really get into unless you really put some distance between you and – those urgent things on you might need mm. to sit there and think through something 
journal, whatever, you know, whatever your thought process is like, um, like whiteboard something. And if you're sitting there just like crushing emails every day, you're just, you're not going to do that. Yeah, you've got to create that brain space for you. And I, personally, I find, you know, diary blocking can be a great way of doing that. You know, looking at the week, you know, on a Friday, sit down and go, right, next week, Monday's going to be about this. Tuesday's going to be about this. Wednesday's going to be about this. And and even if you do that, trust me, you're probably going to need to go that Monday, Wednesday and Friday, I'll deal with the inbox thoroughly. Otherwise, if you're anything like me, you'll be like, there's things in the inbox and you can't concentrate on anything anyway. So, um, so yeah, try and work out a yeah. rhythm that works for you. If everyone's watching on video, since we're just pulling random books off camera, there's <laughs> one actually. I happen to have that at arm's length too. Um, they sell this productivity planner. It's They break up the week and they literally give you a space where you write out your weekly plan and then you break that into each day and you set your most important. And every week, um, the goal is to take stuff from last week, figure out what's important that week. And it kind of fits with the whole traction model of taking your quarter and then breaking that down. Okay, I know my three-year goal. I know now what's this year. Okay, what's this quarter? Now let's come up this, you know, sit down on a Sunday, come up with this week plan. And now when you come Monday morning, you don't just get, you know, uh, this is like whiplash on like, all right, what should I work on? And like you open your inbox and you're like, let's do that one right there. Yeah. You sit down and Monday, you know, here's what I'm going to work on. And then when I'm done, okay, I'll, the email will still be there. Like the IMs, everything will still be there, but at least it gives you something to these are the important things I'm going to get done. And there's only, like you said, there's only going to be a few of them. There's some overall larger ones. And then here are the big to-dos to move forward in those. So I love that concept. So I, I derailed you at number two, though. So what was was number what was number two? So, so number one was thinking quarters. Number two was the customer yep. master plan model to make sure you're, you're segmenting your e-commerce work based on where your customers are in that journey. And then the third yep. one is one which I got from a podcast guest. Um, an amazing lady who runs a business selling uh, goat milk products, of all things. And um, she does this. And I think it's so genius. I keep repeating it to people, which is when you're thinking about those, when you, when you think about e-commerce, there are, you know, the basic equation is traffic times uh, conversion rate times average order value equals sales, right? So we've kind of got three things we can do to grow our sales. One is improve the conversion rate. One is improve the traffic volumes, and the other one is improve the average order value. And she likes to think across the year of each quarter, she works on one of them. So it comes back to the quarterly planning again. So think of a stage you're going to work at in that customer master plan model, my number two, but then also think about, are we working on traffic? Are we working on conversion rate? Are we working on average order value? Partly because if you try and work on two at once, you won't know which one's working. Um, but also because then you you really, really get to grips with what for my audience is going to improve the AOV, is going to improve the traffic. Now, the chances are you're going you're gonna to do traffic twice in a year and you'll work on the other two for one quarter each. But it's... It, it's, it's almost giving you the freedom to go, I don't need to worry about average order value until next quarter. I'm just going to focus on traffic. I'm just going to focus on this. And clearing stuff out of the way can be a really great way to give you that mind space to actually make the make the improvements that work. I like that. So you kind of, you're saying having some like, almost like themes to the quarter. Yeah. Um, here's like the, so here's the theme, uh, you know, traffic and the type where the customer is in their journey. And then just focusing that for that quarter and kind of digging deep into that. Yeah, exactly. It's 
it, it gives you so much clarity on what to do and it makes it so much easier to decide what should I be doing at this point in time? What's the most important thing I could be doing? I think sometimes the difficult, the thing that people run into when they're trying to do this is they set these larger themes up, like you're saying, um, and that day at that moment, they're blocked, right? There's, there's mm-hmm. something else happening where um, we're doing a CMS migration the other day and there was, you know, consultants doing this and all sorts of specs went out and then they were all just working. And for me personally, okay, I'm just kind of waiting and like, all right, <laughs> I can check in with them each day, but like how much of that could, you know, you're just being annoying at some point. So you've done all, you've done a lot of work up front and now the balls, a lot of balls are in someone else's court sort of thing. Mm. What do you do with those days on, because if you start, if you're like, hey, I should be busy because that's like what I'm told to do, you're going to just start going back to your old habits and get busy. And then when the consultants come back and say, hey, can you review this? You're like, I don't have time. I'm, you know, checking I'm, Twitter. I'm busy with the old, the old stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think. I'm, I'm busy with the unimportant stuff. Yeah. I think part partly it's just being aware you have that kind of a tendency and then checking yourself and going, actually, it's also about looking, you know, you were saying about, about you know, uh mapping out your weeks for the quarter and looking when the different projects are going to need you. When are you going to be needed to do this? Because if if you, you know, if, you, if you're using consultants, et cetera, then you know when something's going to be coming back or you should have a pretty good idea when something's coming back and you need to worry about it. So if you put that, if you know that next week, XYZ consultants coming back to you with something you're either going to need to action or review or sign off or test or something, you go, okay, next week I'm two days down. So what should I be doing this week to make sure I've got two days to deal with it next week? So it's always a case of kind of, am I am I putting things out to other people or am I making space to deal with the stuff that comes back from them? And it's, it's about taking a step back on quite a regular basis yeah. and going, what actually, to achieve what I want this quarter, what do I need to do this week? And what I should also yeah, say I mean- is things change. And what you think yes. you're doing in week 13 of the quarter, a bit in week zero, is probably not going to be the same thing because something will have taken longer, something will have taken less time. So you will probably at least once a month, if not almost every week, be slightly retweaking those deadlines because there's nothing worse than discovering in week two that something's not going to be achievable in the quarter, but leaving it there as a goal because it's just going to make you feel awful, you know, and under pressure and, and, and failing. So always tweak these things based on what you learn as you go through the journey because in a quarter you're going to learn an awful lot about what is and isn't possible um so do adapt yeah that was actually one of the questions i was writing down when you were saying that that you know you have these great plan what uh was it mike tyson quote everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face and you have uh, you know, okay. <laughs> haven't heard that one. Yeah, 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 no, I I think it's Tyson. But yeah, everyone has a plan until you punch in the face where, you know, you come up with these great plans. And this was, I think, last year where we had a plan for the quarter. We're going to focus on this. And there was some huge infrastructure like meltdown. We need to migrate a database like it went from thinking like, oh, we have like quarters to like, no, like this week, this is happening. So like, (laughs) you know, all of a sudden it's like, no, this is all hands on deck. This is just what we're going to be doing. Bring a DBA on and that's that. And so there's no like. And there's no optionality. You either do it yeah. or like you, you just do it. There's no choice, right? So that whole plan just gets flushed out the window. Um, and I think that's that's tough sometimes because you come up with these plans. And if you plan too far out, then all of a sudden now you're like, all right, I have to push out every date. And I think we have a tendency to do when you said three things that 
that gives you that slack that you need, right? Yeah. So if when you do get punched in the face, it's, you know, it's not going to ruin all of a sudden, okay, we're missing everything. You know, we had 50 things we we're going to do and 49 of them are just out the window now. Three, you're building in some some slack, some margin. And I think that's what a lot of people do is they overestimate their abilities. Um, I do it too. Yeah, they're like, I'm so gonna easily do, done. <laughs> I'm going to move the world. I'm going to like move this. I'm going to be huge. And then you just feel like sad after that. Okay, I didn't, oh, I didn't do 50 things. That's terrible. But if you set it down to something reasonable, that gives you that like room to expand and contract when needed. Oh, com- completely. And whilst, you know, you it sounds a bit crazy, we're going to create this plan, but we know it's going to change. It's an awful lot easier to change if you've got a plan in the first place. Whereas if you have a, you know, blank sheet, sheet of paper and you're constantly firefighting and then something like that massive si- si- uh, server migration comes along, then you you kind of like, you get to the end of the server migration, you're probably a little bit worn out and frazzled around the edges. And you're going, what should I be doing? I can't even remember what I should be doing anymore. So you just fall straight back into firefighting. Whereas if you've got a plan, yeah. you can at least go back and go, what should I have been doing last week? Right. How, what's the best way for us to recover from this? Not what's the best way for me this week to do all last week's work as well, but how do we rejig it to make it possible for us still to do great work? Yeah, that's a good point. And I think the hard part about all of this is um, we're all, you know, in this kind of digital world addicted to that dopamine, right? That rush of like, if you're a founder, whatever you're doing, even just anything now, you just, you're addicted to just like producing, producing. And when you have mm-hmm. to, it feels like you're, it feels almost wrong sometimes. And you have to really like teach yourself to slowing down and planning. Planning is still work, but it doesn't feel like work on that planning day. That planning time feels very different and it doesn't give you that same high, but you have to kind of, you know, do you have any tricks to kind of reminding yourself that like this planning work is actually planning to work on the right thing is actually like more important in a lot of cases than just doing a bunch of work just because. Yeah, see, I see I th- my my problem is that I could spend all day planning and never actually get anything oh. done. It's probably my most favorite form of procrastination. But then you realize that about yourself and you try not to spend too much time planning and then you realize you should have spent more time planning. So it's kind of a vicious circle. So what what I try to do <laughs> is I try to have a rhythm across the, the month, across the quarter of when I do certain things. So, you know, on a Friday, Thursday or Friday, I'll plan the following week's work. Well, that's when I get in depth into what the following week is going to be. At the end of each day. Do you have this blocked off, blocked off in your calendar sort of thing? Like this is my, um, my it, Thursday it's kind planning of a, time? It's a standard task for, a, for ideally for a Thursday, but often it falls into Friday and that's okay in my world. Um, <laughs> so it, it's it's not quite a blocked off space, but Fridays I always have no meetings and that's when I set, you know, yeah. deal with podcast stuff and, and various other things, but fits in that day of tasks. And then that sets up the week. And then in the last two weeks of the quarter is when I'll start looking at the following quarter. Because there's no point in looking at it sooner than that in my business, in most businesses. Um, and there's no point in fully fleshing out what two weeks from now looks like. I'll dump stuff into two weeks from now and four weeks from now and five weeks from now, depending on things that I know have to happen then. But I'm not going to go in depth to it until the time comes. So that's so it, it's it's kind of spacing out the diary in that way, I find, is is the way to do it. So a regular weekly check-in and at some point towards the end of each day, do a detailed plan for the following day. Because... Things can even go awry in a week, you know, and you may have to revisit it. Actually, 
I may have wanted to, to, to work on that awesome project tomorrow, but I've got this problem that I've got to solve that's more urgent. So I'll, I'll realign my, my goals around that one. Yeah, I think it's important too for anyone listening. A lot of this comes down when we say in a week or a month or a quarter. A lot of um, a quarter is kind of a natural time. Like I, it sounds very like businessy. Like what's your Q one plan? But it's just nice to break up. It just it actually feels kind of natural. I see how that I see how business folks decide to break up years into quarters because mm. it just feels like it makes sense. But it, some of it does come down to scale, right? Like I've talked to um, retailers that you know they're in a the hundreds of millions of revenue and they look at stuff, they're building a warehouse and like yeah. you're planning out for like your, their thought is just going out into five year plus plans at all times. Cause like if you're building, you know, physical structures and just moving that and you're doing that sort of level, you have to think further out. And also when the business was small, I would also think out by like three hours and like, <laughs> three hours. like, and like it was just a constant cause like literally the entire business could change in a matter of hours when mm. we we're of a certain scale. And yeah, so part of it is just depending on scale as well, too. I mean, I, I think, I think yes, you're right. Sometimes there are those much, much longer term projects. You know, pro if you're developing your own skincare products, that's, you know, longer than a, than a month or a quarter to get that done and such things. But, but I think I generally come at things from kind of the marketing standpoint. And I think mm. very few businesses can outline exactly what their marketing plan is going to be 12 months ahead these days. You know, um, we were, you mentioned Clubhouse and I didn't know Clubhouse existed uh, a month or so yeah. ago. And I've had two past podcast guests get in touch and ask me why I'm not yet on Clubhouse. That never happens. So that's, that's been one of the curveballs I will be paying attention to in the next couple of weeks. But it's, so, you know, so marketing, I don't think even the biggest business can really go out much more than a quarter at a time in any depth in retail. And I think the smallest business should be thinking a quarter at a time, even though they feel like it's, you know, they're, they're probably still still feeling like that space. They're going, oh my God, it's Friday and we haven't sent an email this week. We better send an email. Or Christ, it's been it's been two weeks since I looked at my Google ads. Um, you know, you you need to be looking longer than just those those short time spans. So I think for marketing, most businesses a quarter is a really good way to be structuring things. But then, you know, but then you in the business, you may have those bigger projects like warehouse moves, et cetera, which, which have to be looked at over a longer time span. I guess it has to be looked at over a long time span, but you can logically still break up pieces of that into the quarter, right? Like, you know, you're going to want to migrate from, you know, Magento to Big Commerce or whatever it is. And that might take six to 12 months or whatever, whatever that is. And you, but you break that up into, okay, what do we, to get this big 12 month project going this quarter, what is the quarter piece of that project? So you can still bite, break it off into little bite-sized chunks, it sounds like. Um, and then it's a little more, yeah. you can wrap your head around that. Completely. So it might be, you know, Q1 is about working out exactly what you need from the new website and scoping out, making the decision, are you going Magento, Big Commerce, Shopify or something else and creating a shortlist of agencies? That might be your Q1 task. And then Q2 will be about identifying which agency is building it. Q3 will be about actually building. So you can, it might be one of those three things. So you might have Facebook ads, you might have, um, we're going to focus on turning inquiries into buyers. And then the other thing which we're going to do is we're going to work on this big project. So it could be within the quarter, but you want to have some definite goals that happen within that quarter. I like it. Awesome. It's a good place to end it. I think that was super helpful. Um, I'm going to link to 
bunch of good books in the show notes. So <laughs> if anyone wants to check any of those out. Um, and if also people want to kind of find you, check out the podcast, check out the book, um, what can they do that? Um, you can find everything I'm up to at ecommercemasterplan.com. Um, there you'll find links to both the podcasts and all the books I've written. Um, you'll find links to information about the models I've mentioned. And uh, you'll find out how to get in contact with me too. So ecommercemasterplan.com. Awesome. I'll link to that in the show notes. Thanks a lot for coming on. It's great having you. It's been brilliant to be here and, and been a really interesting discussion. So thanks for having me on. <laughs>